0: Hi guys, and welcome to What They Don't Tell You About with me, Grace McGovern. Each week on the podcast, we will uncover myths or ideas or just quite frankly, what they don't tell you about a certain topic. So sit back and relax and enjoy the podcast. Guys and welcome back to the podcast. This week we have a special guest, Isaac Carew.
1: You right, how you doing?
0: We are going to be talking about all things cooking. Isaac is a chef, a model, and an author with a book out called The Dirty Dishes, hey. which has a hundred recipes uh-huh. that are delicious and you can cook.
1: Bang on, spot on. At home, yeah. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for me.
0: No, thanks for being on the podcast. So obviously we're going to talk
1: all things cooking.
0: Um, and I just want to know, how did it start for you?
1: Um, kind of all started. My dad's a chef. My godfather's a chef also. Um, and I just used to watch him in the kitchen when I was like, you know, eight years old all the time, just kind of got my love for food there. And then I used to work help in his restaurants every like Saturday, picking mussels, picking spinach, kind of all that kind of odd jobs. Um, and then I was a little shit at school and food tech was the only kind of thing that really drew me in kind of took me away from kind of I don't know my mind wandering and stuff so that's kind of where it first started and then obviously when I finished school at 16 I went to culinary school trained for two years wow and then from there worked for my dad worked for my godfather in little restaurants here and there in London um then I started working for the Gordon Ramsay group for Angela Hartnett one of the best chefs in the UK I I feel um worked for two years there Worked in a little few different pubs and stuff. And then, what did I do then? Then moved to Miami for a year. Worked there as a chef. And then came back and then started modeling. Wow. That's like a quick, just a really like Oh my God, I didn't
0: realize how much um, experience you'd had. Because obviously, I think I met you when you were fully modeling. Mm-hmm. So then I found out you were a chef. And I was like, oh, chef, model.
1: Yeah, a lot of people think that I was a model first, then went into chefing. Yeah. But it's totally opposite. I went in... Completely as a chef, chef for like two years, four years professionally. And then I've been modeling for like coming up 11 years now. It's wow. a long time. But then in, I think it was 2016, I started the Dirty Dishes. And cool. that's kind of when I started. Cool.
0: Here. And out of all your experiences with cooking, um, say you worked in a gastropub or your um, culinary school, which
1: was your favorite, would you say? Uh, definitely working at the Connaught for Angela Hartnett. Oh, wow. Yeah, How come? Yeah um that's where i kind of learned my love for pasta um and just the the level that you're training at is so high it's fucking hard yeah it's like the hours you're working 18 hour days it's weird because you're surrounded by food but you're not really eating yeah because one is just too hot you've got too much to do and also it's not your it's not like your money yeah. to like eat the food it's yeah. like their gdp and stuff so it's kind of yeah it's tricky but i think i feel like i learned a lot there
0: and one of my first myths then I'll go into that is that my idea of chefs is that they have a really <laughs> healthy diet Okay, no, and that you go home not. and you're like oh i'm just going to whip up this amazing like i mean you probably do now that if you're not fully trained yeah to now be i have chef. more
1: time i definitely i cook loads more at home cook for family and friends and stuff but when i was a chef uh the stuff that I used to eat is like you because you don 't you 're cooking all day mm. like when you wake up in the morning you wake up like six seven o 'clock so you can get into work for like you know eight o 'clock nine o 'clock and I used to go so I used to live in Hackney with my mum when I first started, and I remember I used to at Hybrid Island I used to buy a Lucas and like like a bacon or sausage wrap or something like in the morning i oh. 'll get to work and you 're so just like you haven 't really got time to think about what you want to eat because you get into work and you 've got so much mise en place. And so so pre- Mise en place is like prep. So okay. like chopping vegetables okay. and like setting up your menus for the day. Got ya. And that's all you're focused on. You're not focused on food. And then you are hungry, but because you're right next to the stove and the heat of the stove and the heat of the kitchen, you just don't want to, you don't want to eat. It's like, you know, when you cook, like say you're cooking a roast dinner yeah. on a Sunday, and you're the one that's cooking it. Yeah. You're cooking like a good few hours. By the time everyone's sat down, you're just like, I'm not actually that. I'm not actually that hungry. But do what you know,
0: I do when I eat when I cook is I'll just eat the whole way through, and then it comes okay. to dinner, and I'm like, oh, See, I'm, I'm not just, even hungry anymore.
1: I'm just like drinking wine the whole time I'm cooking, and then
0: by the time you get it, you. D-
1: I'm a bit like, yeah, you'll pick at something, but you're not. You don't want to have like the full meal.
0: And so you were working so 13-hour days. You probably didn't even have time. 18-hour days. 18-hour days. Yeah. You probably didn't even have time to make um, a nice meal or whatever.
1: No, literally. So I have. I would have that rubbish breakfast, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you work all the afternoon, and you break it like where we break for lunch you have staff meal which was you know kind of average it was nice food but mostly yeah. average and then if you got enough time you might have an hour break at like five yep and try and get a bit of food then yep. but then by the time you finish like 12 one o'clock in the morning all that's open is like a kebab shop and mcdonald's so literally oh like it's weird because you're cooking this incredible food and then you're going home and you're just like i'm eating chicken nuggets and a cheeseburger
0: because I, my image of, like, if you went home after a long day of working, I'd be like, oh, quickly whip up a, like, nice risotto Definitely or... Not,
1: no. I mean, I wish that was the way, but by the, by the time you got home, you've been cooking all day, yeah. like, slaving over a hot stove. By the time you get home, you either don't want to eat or you're eating rubbish and you just want to sleep because yeah. you're only going to get another, like, what, 5 hours sleep, 4 hours sleep before you have to get up for work again.
0: So when you were doing these long-hour days, do you have dishes or cuisines that you really hated to make or dishes and cuisines you love to make that would um, stress you out maybe a little bit more than others?
1: I guess obviously that like with a restaurant you're cooking the same thing for a couple of months because it's you know that's yeah. that's the menu. Some restaurants change but on a weekly basis but ours was like pretty strict. Um I guess, like, when I first started, I was on salad section, like, soup, like yeah. super easy. And then I moved on to pasta, which is where I found my oh, love. And proper that's proper ranks. Yeah, there's, like, different... Yeah, wow. of course, there's, like, you know, you start up as, like, pot wash, um, commie chef, chef to party, um, sous chef, then you've got head chef. And there's obviously loads of, like, yeah. uh, little ones in between. But, um, no, then I moved on to pasta section, which I've absolutely loved, adored. And then I moved over to the veg section in the main... Bit of the kitchen, the and then I was on fish. The main one that scared me the most, and I think the hardest section is meat. Really, especially when you're cooking like for like hundreds of people, you got to get every cuisson right, like yeah. medium, well done, yeah. whatever. That is, I think, the most pressured section.
0: Did you have it a lot of times where people would complain? Not, not that I think people would, but in your experience, you must have had times where people
1: would either complain or... Yeah, of course. Like, I think customers. every chef would love to say that they don't get anything sent yeah. back, but that's total bullshit. Like, of course you get things. But sometimes it depends on the customer. Sometimes a customer is very picky yeah. and it might be like a tiny bit over-seasoned yeah. or um, stuff like that. But, and sometimes you might have literally fucked something up and maybe, say, a risotto went out and you taste it when it comes back. Because you obviously you taste everything before yeah. it goes out, but sometimes you might just like skip it and miss yeah. it. And it might be under-seasoned, so it's just like this taste of, you know, nothing.
0: And how does it go for a social life when you're a chef?
1: Uh, it's pretty minimal. Non-existent. Yeah. So how
0: many days a week would you work?
1: Um, if it was a good week, you'd get like one or two days off. Okay. But sometimes if you got really fucked over by the rota, you yeah. might do seven days and then your two days off might be at the end of the next seven days. Right. So you might have two days off at the start here. So you basically do 14 days.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Is that 14 days? I'm just terrible at fucking Two maths. Two weeks. Se- seven yeah. days, 14 Literally, days. Literally, yeah. Yeah. So that that's hard, but, you know, sometimes you might get n- a nice row and it's, it's all right.
0: And then this goes on to another myth. Mm-hmm. From watching all of Gordon Ramsay's programs. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, Jamie Oliver's an exception because he just seems like the nicest guy on the planet. But um, Definitely. But I, I mean, always
1: he, just... he's, he's like the people chef, isn't he, Jamie? I know,
0: he? I know. But I think of chefs having a really bad temper.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's totally true
0: you think it's true yeah
1: you gotta think like the pressure you're under you're striving for perfection and you want to get every single recipe or dish right yeah and you're working in like such it's weird i feel like i'm like hiking everest or something but you're like (gasps) it's such extreme you know temperatures and it's hot and there's a lot lot of testosterone um yeah i Especially think now, especially with like toxic masculinity, I think a lot of kitchens are trying to be, you were trying to like build up chefs and not just scream at them and like yep. tell them your shit and like fuck yeah. you and whatever that was and chuck things at them. But like back in the day, especially when I was in professional kitchens, I feel that was more of the thing. Like I remember the first two weeks that I was working in a professional kitchen. And just, I remember, like, the guy above me was just, like, screaming at me, shouting at me, being like, you're fucking shit. Or, like, just because I might be, like, 30 seconds delay on, like, a dish or something. I remember one time I had to, (laughs) I was literally, I must have been, like, 16, 17 years old. And I was getting screamed and shouted at this whole time. And um, I just felt like I was going to cry. And then I started feeling, like, these tears coming down my eyes. And I'm, like, obviously, I'm just, like, trying to keep my head down. Yeah looking at his dish so the chef doesn't see me and then he like shouts at me and tells me to look at him and I look at him and like look over to him and he sees that I'm crying he goes go in a fucking walk-in fridge and like oh. dry your eyes or whatever and I'm like I'm like, a 16 year old like little kid basically and I go in the fridge and like dry my eyes and then I come back into the kitchen like clean my, my section down and get back on with service
0: God, I mean, also i I used to do silver service, but as a so did I when I was like, at college. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember this one. This is why I also waitresses have this
1: get it page. a lot a lot harder as well.
0: Oh my gosh! So we used to we used to have to wear white gloves. Mm-hmm. Come in. This is when I was like seventeen as well. Yeah. Um, come in, and obviously each table has like a setting of like I don't know six. So there's position one, two, three, four, five, six. Anyway, so you go out in like three of you for a table of six mm-hmm. and you have to keep your, I mean, you probably know this. I mean, this was my last experience with waitressing. Um, and you have, you to, have keep, to put like
1: the spoon and the fork yep, in one hand. Yep. And yeah.
0: So I kept the gloves. Bear in mind, the plate is so hot. I'm wearing these white gloves um, and I'm holding them under a hot plate. And I remember a potato rolled off and the chef was <laughs> like, you fucking stupid little girl. And I was like, and honestly, because you don't have someone shout like at, at you like that in normal life, yeah, I burst out crying. Yeah, I've never, I, I, I couldn't even control. I've it. seen it happen a lot. I like it was like they just kept coming and coming, and I was like petrified um, of the chef. He was like screaming at me, and especially in front of everyone, I was like, "Oh my god!" Anyway, so we went on with service. Like I freaked out probably the whole next two hours, mm-hmm. and then my manager came over and was like. Um, the head chef wants to talk to you and I was like no 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 I really don't want to go back there please 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 and he was like no 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 please he wants to speak to you and then he was like after service was over he was like I'm really sorry like obviously it's so high pressure and when I'm catering to like 500 people and I've worked really hard on it um, you can understand. And like, and in that sense, I had a lot of empathy for him because I understood. Yeah. But then at the same time, I was like, you didn't need to speak to me like that. So, yeah, exactly. So after that, I had quite a tainted view. And mm-hmm. then watching Gordon Ramsay Kitchen Nightmares, I'm like... You're like,
1: that's how yeah. all chefs are. Yeah, of course. Um, I also think waitresses, are, they're seen as easy targets. Yeah. Just because you're not in the kitchen and say you are struggling, like say there's someone who's almost the same level as you. You, you want to kind of scream and shout at them, but then the waitress might... And I drop a fucking spoon or a plate yeah. and just like, do you know what? I'm gonna go for this yeah. person. So
0: was there a lot of um, did you have a lot of arguments or anything when you were in the kitchen?
1: Um Yeah. Did you? <sighs> Not with my head chef, because I was scared shitless of her. Yeah. She was in like she taught me so much, but she was also if I fucked up, I would definitely get a bollock in. But to people that I was either fighting for like say a prom- uh, like my promotion or something yeah. we'd kind of if they weren't on my like team on my section then there's definitely like a lot of screaming and shouting and sometimes like the head chef would then if I screamed and shouted at someone who's on the same level or below me sometimes the chef would be like oh sick he's like you know doing his job and yeah. kind of and other times he'd be like, and you stop fucking shouting at this one. Cause you haven't even got your fucking section sorted out. And then, you're, out. You and then like. you're just like, oh fuck. Uh, <laughs> and you just basically put it back in your place.
0: Yeah. It's so funny. It's such um, a stereotype of how I think a kitchen would be.
1: I mean, a lot of kitchens are like that. And like I said earlier, people are trying to change. And yeah, but at the same time, you know, it's like normal life. People come to heads and not everyone gets on with each other. And it's yeah. just, you know, there's a lot of tension.
0: And what was the, when you were training, what was the female ratio of chefs to male?
1: Um, do you think? Oh, do you know what? It was pretty, no, that's a lie. I was going to say equal, but that's that's a total lie. Really? There was like maybe 10 boys, there would be like five girls. Really? Yeah, in each like class. Yeah, because yeah. when,
0: I, when I think of kitchens as well, I like normally see it as male-dominated, but it's I, nice to No, hear. I
1: don't think that's... Especially in, in the restaurant industry now, like, yeah. there's so many incredible chefs out there, like, female chefs at the moment. You've got, like, Angela Hartnett, you've got um, Neves, who does a restaurant called Sabor. Um, who else? Oh, there's fucking billions. Um, I knew I was going to start forgetting. Oh, but right. there's so many, like, incredible female chefs at the moment.
0: And, okay, and now this is my next myth. Mm-hmm. When you were learning to cook and everything, I don't know whether, I don't think I have the ability, but whether you have an ability to put together, um, I know you learned from your family, but Mm -hmm. put together spices or dishes or whatever because you know the flavors. I think for me, it's a learned thing and through like books and recipes. You know how some people just either have it.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's all. There's either you're a cook or you're a chef. Like a cook, like there are amazing cooks that can literally just like read a recipe and then they'll bang it out. Yeah. And as chefs, you gotta kinda of understand more about where your products are from, where your produce is from, and how to like mix them together. Like anyone can kind of follow a recipe. Like everyone's like oh, I'm not I'm a really shit cook, but you can yeah. if you actually put your head to it, like head down, you can follow a recipe. Um like I obviously read a lot of books and read yeah. a lot of cookbooks, but I rarely follow a recipe. That's because I've been taught and I know how to cook and I know kind of what flavours go together. But then saying that you can, you know, I'm like anyone else, I might think, oh, do you know what? This, like, this scallop goes amazingly with, I don't know, chives. I don't know, some different flavours and it might just totally fuck up and taste awful. Like, everything's a learning curve.
0: Because now when I cook, it has to be like... Right, that's 400 grams, so mm-hmm. I'm 405 grams over, so I need to take away five.
1: Like, when you're baking, it's very meticulous. M- meticulous, and you've got to be on point, but when you're just cooking, like, meat, fish, vegetables, and you want to have, you can have fun with it, don't, I wouldn't say, like, just follow it down to the T, like, have fun with it. That's what, that's what food is, like, food is fun, it's yeah. just like...
0: So if you're having a dinner party, mm-hmm. I'm going to put a question to you as a <laughs> chef. Starter, main, and dessert, Go.
1: Uh, oh, I always get asked this question. Um, starter, I'm going to go... And this is to your taste. To my taste. Okay. Starter, I'm going to go for... It's weird. I, I'm not the biggest fan of cauliflower, but I love cauliflower soup with like mm, loads of truffle nice. oil. So I'm going go with that. Simple, easy. That for a starter. Main course, I'm going to go for a little bit of a wow factor. So I'll probably lobster, caviar, um, probably like sous vide the lobster. In like loads and loads of butter i'm
0: nodding like i, I know mm-hmm. what it means yeah. but
1: i'm like yeah uh sous is like kind of it's do you know what if you put it in layman's term it's basically like almost like boiling a bag okay but you're cooking to it like a very specific temperature okay and then you're infusing all the flavors into one bag so it's basically just like a flavor bomb and it's just perfect and amazing nice Yeah, delicious um i'll probably serve that with Ooh, maybe just like really because it's of a wow factor thing maybe some like crushed new potatoes again loads of chives loads of butter that sounds um, Dessert. I'm a sucker for sticky toffee pudding. O- always. Yeah, always. Always. It's, it's perfect. Or that or um, apple crumble. Nice. Rhubarb and apple crumble. Loads of custard. Delicious. Um. Yeah, done. Bang and loads of bottles of wine, obviously.
0: And then how come you, when you went into modelling, mm-hmm. what, how can, how do you still keep up your love for cooking in your modeling? Because I, I went to an event that you did recently, which was so cool, where you, Thank you very much. curated a menu yep. um, and it was with, with a fashion brand as well. So that was really cool. So do you try and carry on? I know you're an author as well, so mm-hmm. that's you probably do a lot of stuff with that. But do you take that into your modeling life as well? Yeah,
1: definitely. Like I work with brands all the time. so But yeah, like you said, I curate menus. And I think, especially nowadays, the world of food and fashion, go very hand in hand like when I first started doing this because obviously I've been modeling for so long like people like GQ and other like magazines didn't really know where to put me they're like oh well we obviously want to still book you for modeling stuff but you're also a chef yeah and I was like you can mix them so well so you can like again you can do an event and you can be the face of you can also be the face of that brand and then cook at events and have my recipes and have my menu which is great. But um, at the start, it was very confusing. People just didn't know what to do. Yeah. It was like, well, you've been this, like just you've just been a model. Yeah. Whereas now, I think I love it more now because I get to be, instead of just a model, I get to be like Isaac Crew, the chef for this brand, which I absolutely love.
0: That's really cool. And do you now cook a lot at home? Now you have a lot more free time.
1: Um, at the m- so I was at the moment. Yeah. I'm a bit stuck because I'm staying in a bit of a strange uh, living situation where I don't have the best kitchen. Right. Because I just bought a house, which I'm doing up, and I'm building my Very dream, exciting. absolutely dream, like dream kitchen. So it should be cool. Um, but usually I do a load of cooking at home, yeah.
0: Nice. And do you have any tips for people who are thinking of being aspiring chefs?
1: Um, I would say... For me, I've never found, like, school that important and even culinary school although I'm glad I had the education I don't feel it's completely necessary and I think if you want to be a chef and you want to get into the world super fast just go do a stage like go do little work experience in different restaurants do like two or three days here and there see if you love it see if you're like if you actually want to be in the kitchen like 18 hours a day Um, and again just have fun with it learn as much as you can um, and don't be a dick
0: fun and do you have any myths or ideas that you thought about before you went into a kitchen, um, and how they might have changed progressively while you were there.
1: Um, anything
0: I, that shocked you?
1: Oh bloody! Ugh, didn't I try not to talk about a lot of it because some of it I just feel like I'm.
0: <sighs> or something that changed it for the better, maybe like.
1: Um, some of the great, like I've been, I've had like boiling water chucked at me. No. Yeah, people like threatening to stab me like obviously it's in the heat in the moment but there's a lot yeah. of bullshit that goes on in kitchens yeah. and like I remember this one kid who came in this idiot chef like he basically thought he was the bollocks he thought he was amazing right. but he was all talk and didn't, yeah. uh, didn't have the things to back it how up how old were you? I must have been like 17 years old okay. maybe 18 by this point and I remember one time he had this spoon and it was by ice be like there was boiling water everywhere and one time I was like being a bit slow like I fucked up like a uh, a dish and he just started like flicking boiling water at me and obviously he was above me so I couldn't really say anything yeah. I'm just like ah like leave me the fuck alone yeah. but then he's like carried on doing it anyway two weeks later this guy basically got caught out because he was just fucking up the section and got fired but um and there's been a n- number of ca- <sighs> there's a lot of things I don't feel comfortable saying just because it feels like no, it, don't. it doesn't happen like
0: don't if you don't want to but But yeah. Do you think going into it, you probably maybe thought it was easier?
1: I did think it was definitely, I thought it was, especially watching my dad and my godfather in kitchens and seeing like, obviously because I kind of like idolise them and see how I think they're amazing. And then, because I'm watching them and they're the head chefs, I thought it was all, just, it would have been much easier. But then obviously you don't walk into a kitchen head, like being head yeah. chef and also you have you're such at a good the bottom of the ranks with your dad and your godfather. Yeah.
0: so i guess in that kitchen it was nice and like relaxed and everything
1: uh saying that my <laughs> dad i remember my dad saying i'm going to be harder on you than any other chef in the kitchen because i'm not because you're my son i'm not going to give you an easy break which i think that was probably the best lesson my dad ever taught me because it was like it prepared me more for going into real kitchens like if my dad was basically just like oh no it's fine you can do this and do that yeah and like let me get away with it and then I don't think I'd have been the same chef I am today yeah so
0: do you cook with your dad still
1: uh no not that much he doesn't live in London I don't really see him as often as I would like to yeah but yeah as a kid I used to watch him and you know he'd like I'd sit on the pass and he'd feed me or get another chef to like give me chocolate cake and like nice like it was mad I was like what A 13 years old 14 years old and I was like sitting on like restaurant counters eating like jus and steak and just like these beautiful cuts of meat and things that I don't think any other kid would be eating
0: what kind of um cuisine or restaurants did your dad work in um no
1: no do you know what I never Cooking at the Connaught was the first time I ever made pasta. Really? I didn't even make pasta at culinary school. They didn't even teach us how to do that. Uh, My dad was mainly, probably say, like modern European, very heavy French influence.
0: Why do you think they didn't teach you to make pasta and things at culinary school?
1: Do you know what? Because it's very, like, it's kind of like the schools, like normal school. It's very dated. Like, everything we were making was like suet pie. No one makes suet pie anymore. We made tons of creme brulee. Yeah. It was, like, it's very, like, dated and, like, kind of cooking technique, like, banging loads of flour into, like, gravy and stuff, which you don't need to do. Yeah. Just very dated techniques. You know, th- this was, like, fuck, this was ages ago now. Do
0: they, do you think they've updated their ways I of cooking? I have or is no cooking, idea. But that's what I think. It's I would cooking, like to know, though. Is cooking, like, I feel like it's a historical thing. Like, mm-hmm. when I think of, I think of, like, the pro, the film Chef or the 100 Foot Journey or something, mm-hmm. it's, like... French cuisine has only been this way or... Um, so it would be interesting to see if there is... A, now veganism is huge, mm-hmm. um, being vegetarians huge, dairy isn't really much... Like, well, I mean, in my opinion, because I yeah. don't really eat much dairy, okay. but fading a little bit. So I don't know whether...
1: And I definitely think that's with same with different cuisines. Like back in the day, it was like, oh, I cook French food, or I cook Italian food, or, I cook Japanese, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whereas now, we live in such a day and an age where... You can literally go online and find anything. And I kind of... Our horizons are broadened by, like, Instagram. And you do see these, like, fusions of of different cuisines. Like, you go to, like... Is it uh, Zuma? Which is, like, yeah. Japanese and, like, Peruvian, I think. Yes, I think so. So, you get, all the, you get all these different mixes, which is cool. Some things, I think, work. And then other things, I think, like... What did I see recently? Um, It was, like, a Yorkshire pudding... Like burrito, like Sunday roast, bur- and I'm just like something, some, thing, things, set some things you can mix and have a little play with, and other things I'm just like just, just, just leave it alone, I'm just like.
0: But I think with the rise of social media and stuff, mm-hmm.
1: everyone's trying to get that wow yeah. factor. Everyone's trying to get that like, you know, that kind of like. I went to this, it's funny because I went to this amazing place. Uh, they basically make super, super fluffy pancakes. Okay. Um, Japanese, I think Japanese or Korean, I can't remember, but they're absolutely amazing. But it's like. The reason why they're popular is because they look amazing, amazing. on Instagram. They I th- taste I believe good. they taste they taste they taste good. I'm into them. Slightly a bit too eggy for me. Okay. Like when a pancake I don't want it to be eggy, I want it to be pancakey, but Is
0: that how you make it fluffy though?
1: uh yeah i think they're aerated i don't think they're flowering i think that's why they're super fluffy and like they just melt away in your mouth they are good i'm being a bit harsh they are tasty but i do think the wow factor is because they look good yeah. on instagram and they like they like you want like jiggle the plate and it looks yeah it looks all cool
0: because i went to this restaurant in barcelona actually and it's like really colorful and i saw it from instagram so i was like oh, i've got to try it tasted awful honestly mm-hmm. and it was like just like colors, everything, but I'm just like but the flavor's not now, there. It wasn't executed nowadays, going to places just for the look of it mm-hmm. rather than actually knowing the taste. I
1: think that happens, and it's also like I think I even do that sometimes. Like, obviously, like I take a lot of pictures of food when I'm out in mm-hmm. restaurants, but obviously, because you want the picture to look good, you take the picture, yeah, and then you eat it. Like, you haven't even you know, sometimes the the picture could look amazing, but you've you know, do you know what? I'll give that that like, dish like a six out of ten. Yeah. But because it looks good, you're still gonna post it. And we're, I've tried to be a bit more honest in my comments, uh, or in my like, uh, yeah, in my comments, I'll be like, you know, dish one, I don't know, say some like parsnip soup or something was amazing, yeah. and then this was this was great, but it wasn't you know, the best thing I've eaten in my life. I
0: think that's so important as well, because I think I wouldn't trust someone Mm -hmm. who just said every dish was great. It was incredible, Especially if you're getting either like a free meal or whatever. Mm -hmm. I do think it's so important for people who look up to you, especially when it comes in terms of cooking and things. Mm -hmm. Um, If you say everything is amazing, then how can you differentiate from actually a good place to go and get food? Yeah,
1: I try and be really honest a lot of the time. Because sometimes... Some of the things I eat and say some of them might be free. Yeah. I eat them out of convenience and yeah. just like, and I'll say like, sometimes I get DMs. I'm like, oh, you know, I was here. Yeah, it's, it's kind of fuel, but I yeah. wouldn't be like, oh my God, like take your date here on yeah. like on the first time or something. Or That's good. Yeah.
0: Do you have a favorite restaurant in London?
1: Um, I feel like I'm their biggest promoter.
0: Do you say this a lot? Yes, do you get asked this a lot. Yes,
1: <laughs> um, Lena Stores, okay, incredible pasta.
0: Yes, where is this?
1: Lena Stores, oh, it's uh, but I want to say Greek Street, okay. it's in Soho. Okay. So, basically, in the one in Soho, do you know where the box is? Yep, so right next to the box, they used to have this like delicatessen, it's been there bloody decades, it's beautiful. They have um. Loads of like different like panettones meats, pastas, and whatever. And you can you can buy sandwiches from there. But then they've also recently just opened, or well, it's been there for about a year now, but an actual restaurant. Nice. Best pasta like truffle annulotti um, and tagliatelle ragu. Just,
0: Anything truffle, I'm here ugh,
1: for. It's amazing. Like honestly, it's beautiful. And then also Padella in London Bridge, another pasta place. I, honestly,
0: I've even I went to London Bridge on Saturday, mm-hmm. and every time I've seen the Padella, massive it has a queue, huge, right? Cube, yeah, but yeah, it was, yeah. It was raining on Saturday. So I was like, oh my gosh, no queue. Yeah. Go around the side, only because it had been raining. They kept the They've, queue indoors, so it was like a long, winding queue.
1: That place is amazing. I think I, in every interview, I, I, I talk about them. I recently went to an amazing restaurant called uh, 10 Heading Street. Nice. Really cool. Is that, um, is that also pasta? N- actually, they do serve pasta, but one of the main dishes that I love was this kind of um, pork, I think it was pork belly terrine, and they had an apple ketchup, which is basically apple sauce, that was it was Amazing. My, like, I'm literally salivating right now. It was nice. delicious. Um, on the same street, there's also, I was I mentioned a chef called Neves. She has a restaurant on the same street called uh, Sabor, Sabor. Mm. Oh, that's just Amazing. mind-blowing. Yeah, Amazing seafood, prawns, scallops, uh, clams. Oh, I'm like, I'm, I haven't had breakfast or but lunch yeah. yet, so I'm like...
0: Do you still speak to a lot of the chefs you work with?
1: Do you know what? Funny enough, I saw Angela Hartnett um a few weeks ago after not seeing her for like 11 years and she was which blew mentor. my mind uh, it was funny because we were having a laugh and a joke because i literally went to her and i was like because obviously i haven't spoken to her for years yeah. and i go to that i hope you don't mind me like i'm always talking to you about <laughs> i'm always talking about you in interviews and stuff i hope you don't mind yeah and we just had like a laugh and a giggle and stuff and i was like and i didn't she i don't think she believed how much I held her in such high regard, like obviously because she was bollocking me all the time, but I felt like I learned so much there. Um, So I saw her the other day, which was really, it was really lovely and really sweet. Um, I speak to a a few chefs here and there, but they're not part of like my kind of like my friend, like my close friend circle. Um, And I feel like because I'm not in, obviously I'm in the food industry, but I don't work every day in in a restaurant. So I feel I'm a little bit disconnected from that. Um, but yeah I try, obviously I try and talk to her nice talk to her now and again yeah
0: well I think that's coming to the end of our podcast right, amazing
1: thanks for having me lovely
0: thanks for being on it I think I've learned more about cooking in this <laughs> podcast than I have ever amazing Um, you'll be happy to know I made lemon and um, lemon and ginger muffins on did you bring me one no I didn't they were three days old I can't oh, bring okay, a chef okay. a yeah, three yeah, day old muffin right. and watch you pretend to like it because I know you would just like
1: like, I'm sure it was delicious. I did a lemon. Have you got a picture?
0: Yeah, I'll show you after. Right, cool. I have made a lemon glaze as well. Okay, yum. Um,
1: I'm starving. I know. You can't do this to me right now. Get
0: food after this. All right, All right thank you thank so much. Thank you very much. much. Thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. See ya. This outro has actually taken me a very long time to do. I think this is my sick time. Anyway, let's try again. So I've created an email called whattheydon'ttellyoupod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I know it's long but everything else is taken. And I would love, love, love to hear any feedback or just anything regarding what we've spoken about in the podcast. I'd love to know what you think. Um, and if you'd like to like, subscribe. I don't know what else. Comment down below. God, that sounds youtube i I'm one of those now. But please, please, please email us. I would love to hear your feedback. Um, and yeah, have a lovely day.